0: And Fury opens as the favorite against Deontay Wilder in the trilogy match. Dun, dun, dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkieCom. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon, basically Anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash FudJunkie2006. So I don't think it's going to be a big surprise to anybody who's listening to this that the books have opened a line for the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder third fight, and of course Fury is the favorite originally it's somewhere right around minus 275 but depending on your book they're already getting action on fury the lowest i see him right now as of this podcast recording is minus 280 some books have him as high as 345 that's an open line 345 whoa right i mean like i said a lot of people think he won the first fight we saw what happened in the second fight Most people aren't going to give Wilder a shot, especially if you're looking at a straight line bat. No props out yet. Most people, if they're going to go for an upset win for the Browns Bomber, they're going to do that inside the distance. I think that makes sense because of the way Wilder fights, the way Wilder punches. You can see from the training videos that are already out there. That they're trying to add a little bit of movement into Wilder's game. And I know this is because they think Fury's going to come out and pressure him again. So if they pressure Wilder, they want Wilder to move around and run Fury into a shot. Hoping that, of course, Wilder still brings the power moving backwards that he does going forward. There's been a big disconnect between Wilder. He's a completely different fighter. You saw this in the second fight compared to the first fight. Moving backwards than he has than he has when he goes forward. His new trainer, Malik Scott. They're trying to fix this. They're trying to give him... He doesn't have to have fleet-footedness like Tyson Fury. But they're trying to give him some movement. Where he can actually move. Catch Fury as he comes in. And still have power. That's the thing with Wilder. Is his power had a huge disconnect. Between when he went forward and when he went back. And a lot of his punches when he went forward were sloppy and wild. But when they landed, they had the effect they wanted. But going back, it's a lot different. He didn't have the leverage on his punches. His defense obviously was never his forte in the first place. It was offense, offense, offense all the time. And so they're trying to add a couple new wrinkles to his game. I get it. It's not going to be easy. Obviously at this stage of his career, he had a you know basically no amateur experience, you know he was a a crusher that came forward and just knocked fools out. And then when it didn't work against Tyson Fury, he realized hey I need to switch things up. Now regardless if you don't agree with the way that he treated Mark Breland and, and the whole situation with the excuses and the way he lost, he realizes that there's some deficiencies here with his game, and they're expecting Tyson to come forward try to blast them out especially with all of this bad blood between them a third fight Tyson feeling he got jobbed in the first fight blasting Wilder out in the second fight Wilder with the excuses of what happened the third fight wasn't supposed to take place Uh, according to what they told the public and then the arbitrator comes in and says it has to take place So now Fury's like, I'm not going to give you step-aside money. I'm just going to blast your ass. So I think the Wilder camp is smart here, thinking that this is probably going to be an aggressive Tyson Fury, especially since he's training at the Kronk. This is the way they like to fight Tyson. He's big. Even though he's not considered a big puncher, he's big. And so they figure a guy that is that big, when he hits you, eventually it's going to get it's going to get to you right and and we saw that with wilder not a lot of people expected fury to knock wilder out because fury is known as a a smooth operator that boxes and just you know jabs your face off lands some shots but he's defensively sound he's hard to hit these type of things and he just came out and you know Mano, mano. I remember going into that fight that I had said I believe him I believe there was a lot of people saying this is this is just mind games he's trying to throw Wilder off there's no way in hell he's gonna come out and get in the grill of Wilder if he does that he's gonna get knocked out and I could see it I knew exactly where they were coming from because what people didn't anticipate what they didn't factor in was Wilder fights like garbage going back so Obviously, the Kronk team saw this and said, dude, you're a huge guy. You're 6'9". Go out there. Put the pressure on him. The guy can't fight going backwards anyway. His power is far less. You're going to be safer going forward than you are going back. And they did it. They did it to perfection. And it worked. And he stopped them. Now, Wilder has to adjust for the third fight. Just like Tyson adjusted for the second fight, now it's on Wilder to adjust for the third fight. I don't think his training footage looks bad. I don't think that it's a bad game plan even to be able to move going backwards and throw punches because before what he would do is a lot of times he wouldn't throw, right? You saw that even at the finish there, he was just covered up on the ropes. So they're trying to teach him to have a little bit of defense and offense and have it flowing a lot better than what it has in the past. Doing it on the pads, With your trainer, you know, in training camp is way different than doing it in a fight. I'm not sure he's going to have enough time to perfect it. But with his power, you can't make a lot of mistakes against Deontay Wilder. Again, I don't expect his power to be as brutal going backwards as it is going forward. Simply because he's fought most of his career on the front foot. I've always criticized him for his sloppy punches, to be fair. In his training footage his punches always look better and then when he gets in the fight they always look sloppier but again in his training footage his punches don't look that bad in his training footage his movement doesn't look that bad in his training footage the game plan isn't that bad the question is will he be able to implement that against tyson fury at least he's trying i don't think you're going to see a lot of people that pick deontay wilder straight of course, I'm going to keep an eye on this. We're going to do a, a in-depth podcast, obviously, when the fight gets closer and all the lines are out, and we can see where the movement is and if there's any value here or there. But I think anybody that's picking Deontay Wilder is probably going to pick him inside because even if he is able to move... And have a better flow between his offense and defense. The fact of the matter is, he's still going to be looking to run Tyson Fury into a big hammer that puts him out. This is what Deontay Wilder is, it's what he's always going to be. And he would have a very difficult time outboxing Tyson Fury. Let's be honest what he's looking to do is not really outbox him, he's looking to run him into a shot. Big, big difference. I don't think. They're looking to box him, move him, and counterpunch for 12 rounds. I think they're looking to do those things in spots. Maybe Tyson Fury is overconfident because of what happened in the second fight. Maybe he thinks he can just walk through Deontay Wilder. Maybe he thinks Wilder can adjust. He's felt this power already compared to the first fight and the second fight. And maybe they can catch him slipping. That's my opinion. Early assessment of what Deontay Wilder and his new trainer Malik Scott are looking to do. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.